What's up, everyone? My name is Tebs, and thanks so much for checking out the Superpower Podcast. This podcast was created to celebrate young African women who are excelling in their business, careers, and lives. We want to salute you and give you flowers while you can still smell them. Every week, we will be profiling a boss babe and finding out from them how they have harnessed their superpower and what more we can expect from them. So stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social media pages at Superpower Podcast. Leave us a review and even drop a voice note on our channel shouting out ladies who are inspirational to you. The official hashtag for anything on this podcast is hashtag Superpower Podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Tebs, and you're listening to the Superpower Podcast. Now, this week, I've got another phenomenal lady. Um, her name is Lebohang Leboho. And guys, this lady's major. She is the first female drone pilot for the South African National Blood Service. And when I first heard that, I'm like, we still have firsts like in this country, but but clearly we do. And we actually have a mutual friend, um, and that's how I actually know her. But I didn't know in all the interactions that we've had that she's so major. So um, yeah, how are you doing, Levo? I'm good. How are you? Wow, I'm so good. Like you hey. get it. What an introduction. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm just like, I think I was actually watching a YouTube cam uh, video and this Avon campaign came on and I'm like, hang on, I know this I lady. Know this. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been doing really well, but before we get into the work that you're currently doing today, um, this podcast is all about um, finding out people's journeys from high school to where they are now, how they've become who they are today. So when Lebo was in high school and like matric and you were starting to think about your career and what you're going to do after school, what were some of the things that you wanted to do? Well, firstly, thank you for having me. I really do think I should applaud you for this platform. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> the work that you're doing is pretty awesome. So thank you for that. Um, Lebu in high school basically knew what she wanted. She wanted to be a pilot from grade nine already. Um, mm. So even when I think grade grade nine, that's when you choose your subjects for for yes. So even then, I had already decided. You know, obviously, I need a maths and science, and pilots need to have amazing marks. Or that's what I that's what I um, researched. So I had already known that being a pilot was what I wanted to do. Unfortunately for me, I didn't have the exposure that the now generation has. If you ask somebody, um, what do you need to become a pilot? Where do you need to go? How do you go about it? Yeah. I really never knew that it was super expensive, first of all, if you had to fund it yourself. So there was always a perception that if you wanted to be a pilot, you needed to go through the defense force. Yes. A lot of the time, I, especially in my matric year, when you're applying for universities, I was applying at the defense force. I was applying at the cadet, SAA cadet program. Um, so I didn't actually know that there were flight schools that I could actually go to and possibly 
uh, train day by myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And, and where did this pilot dream come from? Because you say, like, from grade nine, you already knew that this is something that you want to do. Where, where, what, what, like, inspired you to follow that specific route? I don't think anything in particular inspired me. I think one of the stories that my mom used to tell me is that I used to look up in the sky and I, I'd point and say, I want to be in there or I want to fly there. You know, when you came yeah. here, when you, when you kids and you see an airplane, you're like, ah, uh, like any sweets, you go buy any sweets, you go buy any chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ask all these things, this aeroplane is flying, you don't actually know what it is, but you're asking for sweets and chocolates and all of that. So I don't think there was a specific thing that made me want to fly. The passion just came and it stuck. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I mean, we, we also airplanes, but I don't know if all of us were thinking we want to become pilots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So so now you, you experience your first hurdle, right? So you know you want to be a pilot um, and you're now applying at all these different places. Mm. Um, what then happened? So you finished school, then, then, then what happened? Well, life happened because, you know, in your mind, uh, you tell your peers that by 25, I'll be traveling the world. This is what I actually said to my friends, that by 25, I'll be a pilot. I'll be traveling the world, mm. blah, blah. <sighs> but it didn't really happen that way because um, the Defense Force wasn't getting back to me. The cadet program, I think at the time, also SAA was going through financial issues, as it always is. Um, yeah. Um, but so then I had to figure out what to do. The thing is with me, I was so consumed by the idea of being a pilot that having a second option or an alternative didn't make sense to me at all. I ref yeah. I refused to apply at any university institution because in my mind, that's not what I wanted. And I felt like I was betraying my dream. Wow. <laughs> but my mom was like, I'm not going to have a child who's going to be sitting at home doing nothing. So you need to actually decide what it is you're going to do with your life. Okay. Uh, so then um, I registered at college campus. There was a course that I did, international travel. But international travel has nothing to do with the flying aspect of it. It's more like your um travel agents and it's still oh, oh okay yeah, yeah it's still part of aviation but it's it doesn't really focus on the flying side of it so I mean I did the course just to make my mom happy that I have a project <laughs> <laughs> we all do we all do we all yeah. just trying to make sure that they don't think we're complete disappointments after right. their investment um okay so how long was this course because you said you did it and um, were you then still trying to apply with the Defense Force? Were you getting more educated about the different options um, to then become a pilot? Because it seems like you still had this dream and you still wanted to achieve it. Yeah, so the dream was still there. I, the course was about two years. Um, and funny enough, I, I graduated top of my faculty. Funny oh, Wow. So, so even though I didn't want to do it, I still managed to do well in it, which was 
a shock. Why is it a shock? <laughs> because I don't, I don't know. In my mind, I didn't think I was smart enough to be top of anything, to be honest. But um, yeah, that happened. And then when I graduated, I needed to do a um, internship, in-service training sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so then I ended up working at Avis at OR Tambo. Um, okay. For about three months. And then at the time, my mom was still working for the South African National Blood Services. So she was like, you know what? It's too far. Um, it's too expensive for you to get there. Just apply here. And if you get the job, I think it will be much easier because you won't have to travel. And at the time, I didn't have a car. So I had to take about two taxis, get to Joburg at 5 a.m., which was wow. It's pretty like dangerous and hectic every day. So um, I applied for the internship at the South African National Blood Services and I got the job. Um, So that's where my passion for flying came back because there was a donor who came to donate blood and he happened to be a pilot. And then I started conversing with him and he gave me his details and he said, no, there's a school that actually funds people that can't afford to pay their own school fees um, through through TETA. So I went to the school. The school is called Africa Aviation Academy. It's at Rand Airport. And I went, okay. I went for my first intro flight. Remember, I had never flown. So I wanted to be a pilot. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've never flown. An aer- I've never been in an aeroplane. Um, that was actually my first time in an airplane. Wow. What was nice about it is that the, the instructor actually gives you the, um, controls to navigate the flight, to see if you're afraid of heights, to see if you're comfortable in the actual plane. Because at times you have these ideas of becoming something when you actually have to do it. It's like it's a different experience. You know, I'm afraid of heights. You didn't realize that you're (laughs) afraid of heights. You know what I mean? Um, So that's where my journey started in becoming a pilot. I enrolled with the hope of funding myself, but also hoping that uh, funding will come along. Oh wow! Wow, that's that's insane. Oh my word! So. What was your experience like? So, so, so I love that what you were talking about to say, sometimes you can have this dream, but like you haven't really experienced it or you don't know much mm-hmm. about it. So what was your first time like then in the plane, like navigating, were you afraid of heights or did you feel like this is actually what I should have always been doing? No, th- that first flight just confirmed that this dream is meant for me. Um, I was comfortable. It was, it was, it was the most surreal thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And she took us through this, the CBD. So we did like a scenic route in Joburg. So just the idea of being on top of, you know, um, we even passed my, uh, Sandton city. So even passing the Sandton city, seeing it overhead was just like, just confirmed that this is what I have to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, so so let me just get this right in terms of how it how you eventually got there. So you you studied your course in international travel. Then you were meant to do your internship, and you started off at Avis, but then you then moved to the National Blood Service. Mm-hmm. And somehow, when you were there, you then got exposed to this academy, where you were then able to learn how to fly. Is that how everything yes, and correct? Okay, okay, um, okay. And then tell us about your time then at the academy. So, was it again like full time? Like you had to be there. What kinds of things did they teach you guys? And also, was there like requirements in terms of, because I know with flying, there's sometimes requirements like height or eyesight, um, like general health. Um, Yeah, maybe just let us know how all that worked. Uh, So it wasn't full time because I remember I was fully uh, employed at the South African National Blood Services. So uh, the nice thing about my job at the time is that I work shifts. So my shifts allowed me to then see where I can fit my flying as well into it. Okay. Um, so it would be, it wouldn't be every day. It would be now and then. Sometimes after, because I worked night shifts, after my night shift, uh, when I knock off at 7 o'clock in the morning, I would then drive, go to Rand Airport and do a session, a lesson with my instructor. Uh, okay. That's pretty much how... I navigated everything. Um, I think the challenge was because I was funding myself, it's not always easy to be constant in your flying because remember it costs money. Every flight is money. So I'd, yeah. I'd save like a lump sum of money from my salary, put it in towards my school account. And as soon as I have enough, then I go flying. As soon as I run out and then I stop. So that stop and go, oh, wow. that stop yeah. and go is a bit of a challenge because flying is a bit. I could say it's like riding a bike. Uh, if you don't do it as often as you should, the memory kind of you do forget. You know, yes, yes, procedures and all of that, and then you need to go back to to basics before you can continue. So I think that that was the challenge. Um, I'm still, still, still there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a journey, but yeah, <laughs> it does sound like a journey. Okay, so, so maybe for the for the listeners as well, and also for me, just to understand, hmm. um, how long should you fly, or the like? What's the ultimate outcome of of you doing all these lessons? Is there like some kind of license or certificate that you get, one. And then two, like, where are you in that journey to reach that goal? Yes, you're asking me <laughs> questions, yeah. <laughs> we want to learn. We want to be educated because if our kids say, I want to be a pilot, you know, we must know these things. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my story is a bit of a sad one, to be honest. Um, so in the beginning, you get your student pilot license that allows you to fly with an instructor. And so, okay, hypothetically, let's say you have the money and you can train every day. You don't work. Um, ideally you'd get your private pilot license within 18 months. Oh no, I lied. 18 months is the duration of getting your private pilot license, your commercial license. So we have your private pilot license, your commercial license, and then 
you have your airline license, your ATP. Okay. So a private pilot license could take about three months, including exams. If you are okay. confident, it's and yeah. on how quickly you grasp things. Some take six months. Uh, it's not so bad. Commercial license is a bit harder, so it takes a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but it's basically the, the same as a private pilot license, just like a higher grade of it. Mm. on towards your airline license if you want to uh, fly your air buses and all of that. Okay. Um, so that's the process of becoming a pilot. You have you have to write your exams, you have to put in your hours, you have to do a solo flight, um, you have to do your long navigational flight. So there's a whole series of flights that you need to do before you actually get tested by a DFE who will then certify that you are competent and you can get your... Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so... Sure. So for me, um, because of my stop and goes, stop and goes, it it was difficult to then get to the point where I got my private license because I'd run out of money. Like I'd have to go back and then my exams would lapse and then I'd have to go back and rewrite those exams so at some point, like I think my 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 willpower slowly went down, but um I'm still in pursuit of my private pilot license. Okay. Now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and I think that's 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 still great that um even though you've <clears throat> had obstacles, because money is still a big obstacle, like you still need to live. But you're yeah. still in pursuit of your ultimate goal, so so I completely yeah. understand. Okay, so whilst you're still trying to pursue this private pilot li- uh, pilot license, you're still at the South African National Blood Service, right? Um, yes. Who has also been very supportive of your goals and your dreams. What has your journey been like through this organization and the impactful work that you guys have done as well? Uh, so I think you are so correct in saying they've been so super supportive. Um, I mean, I'd have times where I'd ask my supervisor to come in much later than my actual shift because I had to go fly or I had an exam to write. So in and I mean, aviation and the South African National Blood Services at the time were like not related at all. It's a medical field. Yeah. And I'm in the aviation industry, so it would make sense if a manager was like, but this is not in our scope of work. Why do I need to even give you any favor? Yeah, which is what a lot of corporates do. It's like, if it's not related to us, um, like it's it's not our issue. You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been amazing. Um, I think two years, three years ago, I moved from the blood bank and then I joined the senior manager here at, at the head office um, for processing and issuing. So that's, and then the the year after, the drone project actually was introduced. So this project was, was formed to um, bridge the gap between those living in rural communities that can't get, that don't have access to healthcare as quickly as we would. So if- yeah somebody's actively bleeding, 
in a rural community, firstly, the roads aren't that great or whatever reason it might be um, that, mm. would, that would restrict the patient from getting the products in a, you know, a quick way. So the drone project was introduced. And obviously, because they knew I had the background of the aviation side, they thought, OK, might as well join us. So I'm the only female in the team. I'm the, OK, yeah. how big's the team? Yeah. So it's about there's about uh, seven, seven guys that are part of the team, um, including myself. OK, uh, yeah, I'm the youngest there and um, I'm the first drone pilot. So two years ago, I then trained as a drone pilot um, to fly the drone for that specific reason. Sure. I mean, every time I hear like someone's like the first, I'm just like, what? <laughs> OK, so 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 how do you become um, a drone pilot? What, what does that entail? Do you have to, again, simulations, like testing? Yeah, how does that work? So remember, my, myself, I had never been exposed to drones. Um, yeah. My background, obviously, I, I'm more in the cockpit flying the actual aircraft in the air. Now I'm on the ground, I have a controller, and I'm yes. an aircraft, you know, while standing. To me, it didn't make sense. And it was like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, yeah. So it's it's pretty much the same rules apply for manned aviation. Um, this one is unmanned. So you are controlling it with a, with a remote control. You, it's basically the same thing. It can yaw, you have ailerons, so it's just that you're just not in the physical plane. Oh, it, wow. Yeah, so yes. the, the procedures, you need to do radio calls when you take off with your drone. It's basically the same thing as, as flying an actual aircraft. It's just that the navigation of it isn't the same. Yeah, yeah. And do you have to be certified? Because I, I can go into a shop and buy a drone and I'm sure I can fly it. Like, so, what, so what's the difference between what you do versus what the ordinary man on the street can do? So if you use it for commercial use, you need to be certified. So even your wedding photographers that buy drones actually need to be yeah. But obviously not everybody will follow the regulations. Of course. <laughs> and because our 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 scope of work is so unique because we are delivering goods um, and it's beyond visual line of sight. So what that means is that usually, for instance, a a wedding photographer can actually see the drone where it, yes. where it flies, landed, all of that. With us, uh, the, our drone flies beyond our sight. So... Ah. Stationed. If I'm stationed here at head office, and there's somebody who needs blood, maybe hypothetically in Santon, I won't yes. get to see the the flight. Where the drone is, yes, drone yes. Is, but I can navigate it on on my software, on the laptop, on the computer. So that's where the difference is. That's why you need a license for that. That's why you need training for that as well. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm super impressed. And um, 
in terms of this program, like, are you guys all certified? Is this something that the South African National Blood Service is going to keep doing, like keep training more drone pilots? Yeah, what does the rollout of this program look like? So that's the idea. Uh, once we get our approval from the Civil Aviation Authority, um, we're going to start with our pilots, get data first. So we're going to be based in Kopanong and Sibukeng, where we'll run a series of test flights. And then okay. once that's done, we'll roll it out to other provinces, but mainly your, your rural communities like KZN, your Eastern Cape. Um, those are our main focus. So they actually want to train our current techs at the blood bank as drone pilots. So after they cross-match their unit of blood or units of blood or whatever it is, yes, they are the ones that will load the cargo in the, in the drone. They will then navigate the flight to where it needs to go. So oh, wow. Yeah, of, of where we are currently. Oh, my gosh. I mean... Jeez, the work that you guys are doing is absolutely incredible. I, I'm like always in awe when I hear of um, what technology um, can actually do to advance some of the needs that we have in SA. Okay, so yeah. in terms of you, right, because I know you're still in pursuit of your license and you're doing all this amazing work at um, the blood service. Um, what do you think your career aspirations look like now, knowing what you know? Because you're being exposed to different things. What would you still like to achieve and what what do you ultimately want to do? So I still, still want to get my license um, in manned aviation, definitely. But I think there is such... Uh, growth in the drone industry um, that we have not been exposed to. Um, I mean, when I go for, when I went for my training, I don't know if you know uh, these older men that like playing with model aircrafts and flying. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. I didn't know any of that. And I, I honestly think like our younger generation especially our young black kids need to be exposed to that. If I was exposed to that, I would have been, you know, more comfortable and, and whatnot. But now obviously because I, it's, I'm new to it, I constantly need to learn to train to better myself as well as a drone pilot. Right. So it's not like I have a license and that's it. I still need yeah. to um, master my skill. So yeah, I think, um, we really need to expose our young kids firstly because the industry is growing. If you see like internationally what what uh Amazon wants to do with, with drones or yeah, you know, rent a zip line, um just random drone companies that are coming out and are actually making money out of drone deliveries or just using drones in general. So I do think the fourth industrial revolution is the future and we need to get our kids into it now to be able to get the piece of the pie as well. Cause you know, a lot of the times these skills are exclusive. If I can say uh, that. Of course. Yeah. 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 They really are. And I'm, and I'm glad we're seeing people like yourself um, also being promoted by amazing brands. I saw, yeah, like I said, you did the Avon campaign mm -hmm. and I saw that you also, 
um, attended the Forbes Summit now yes. in 2018. Um, what have those experiences taught you about representation and also just having people like you saying, this is what I do, um, and more people should actually know about this? I think it it taught me that no nobody's exclusive. Anyone can make an impact. Um, I mean, I am a, just a normal person who lives in Kahiso, who never thought in her wildest dreams that she would be speaking at a Forbes event with like well-known names like your Bonangs and your Zintles. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I'd have that opportunity. I, I don't think I was even thinking I'd get to that point. So I think your average person is capable of really changing the world in whatever industry he or she may be. Uh, yeah. You don't need to be well known for it. I think you just need to be out there and make the difference that you can and how you can. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's so true. I, I think you th you see yourself as ordinary, but the rest of us are seeing you as extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so I, yeah. I haven't I haven't um reconciled my my brain in that regard. To me, I'm still a label from the township, you know, just live yeah. who just who just happened to continue to live her passion in a different way. Like all I wanted to do was become a pilot and I got to become a pilot. I'm a drone pilot who will one day make like an impactful change in the community and save lives. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay, cool. Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> Enough about <laughs> pilots. Um, okay. When you think of women who inspire you, you know, because you know, you 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 are raised by a community and we, we draw inspiration from different places. Who are the women who inspire you the most? Well, I'll be cliche and say my mom. Um, firstly, I think I draw inspiration and strength from her, just how she raised us and where we currently are. I think I need to just give her the credit. It definitely mm. was because of her prayers and hard work as well. But I mean, there's many women that I that I look up to. I'll be specific and talk about like DJ Zintle, like purely because I met her at the Forbes event and just the amount of hard work she puts in, I think that inspires me a lot. And, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily, for me, it's not like the well-known people. I think even people in my circle, um, you know, the likes of your, our, well, the mutual person we know, um, Mapule and Matabo, who are doing great things, doing MBAs, going to Harvard. Brilliant things. I know. Uh, so much pressure. These girls. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I just like, yo, I, I got to catch up. <laughs> but you know, like, I, I really draw inspiration from, from women like that who are so driven by their passion for their work. They love what they do. They see A's in their work, but they're doing such amazing work. Yeah. Fields. So, yeah, I think people like that really inspire me and encourage me to not give up. Okay. Okay. No, no, no 100. Like, 
um <laughs> i haven't actually profiled my friends because i just feel like people would be like oh so this is just your personal That's friendship cool. circle <laughs> but yeah i mean they really are phenomenal yeah. ladies who are also yeah. just pushing um the boundaries and and it's actually quite beautiful to see yeah. um sure okay and 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 level like on the superpower podcast this is a question i ask all my guests when you consider what your superpower is, what what do you think that is? My superpower is perseverance. Um, I think this journey has tested me, but it's also proven that I am not willing to give up on what I believe is rightfully mine. So I'll continue to persevere until, you know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no, I, I completely reiterate that um, superpower perseverance. It's something that we all need to do. Um, yeah. If people want to um, see your profile, this is the first time I'm doing this because I realized I interview all these amazing ladies, but I never then tell listeners, like, if you want to see more of what they're doing, like, yeah. where can you go? So do you have handles? Like, what's your handle on LinkedIn, Instagram, if people want to catch more of the amazing work that you're doing? Yo, I'm so terrible with social media, to be honest. I hardly... <laughs> I think I should change that. I think... Yeah, but if you want to see my boring page on Instagram... <laughs> It's really not great, but come through. But if you have questions, DM me. That's fine. I'm always willing to, um, you know, give uh, advice wherever I can, if I know how to. Or I can refer you to people that do know. So you can go onto my Instagram, which is Miss Lebs, L-E-B-Z, 89. Um, my LinkedIn is Lebohang Leboho. My Facebook is Lebohang Leboho. So, Yeah. That's basically all the platforms that I use when I use, which is <laughs> please you must you must use them more. You know, I had in 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 the in the podcast I did a solo podcast. I talk about how ladies we don't use our social media enough to profile yeah. ourselves professionally, though, because I yeah. think when it comes to like our family, our friends, going out, we, we are, are more than happy to post. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like the work that we do, we hardly actually post anything. So um, yeah, that I think is a lesson we can all take. Okay, but thanks, Levo, so much for accepting our invite, for coming onto the platform. It's been absolutely lovely chatting to you and finding out about your um continuous journey because mm. you still need to achieve all the amazing things that are yet to come so thanks again for joining us on the superpower podcast thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure cheers cheers hey you made it to the end of the interview thanks so much for listening and hope you learned a thing or two Please make sure to subscribe, review, and leave a voice note for any lady who inspires you. Till next week, have an awesome one. Cheers.